Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number nine of Talking Stock. Novus playing us in as always. I'm here with my co-host Trey. I'm Kyle. Trey, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Kyle. A little hectic weekend, so got to see the race in bits and pieces. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good race and excited to talk about it. Definitely. Odd weekend for sure, for sure. Um, bumping things to Monday. Things just kind of felt off. It felt like it wasn't even like recording day, to be honest, today. Everything kind of sneak, sneaks up on you with the day getting changed uh, to Monday. But anyway, we're here July the 19th, Trey. Summer stretch fully on. I know it's one of our favorite seasons, baseball and NASCAR. Trey, how you handling everything? You Can you take everything in? It's a lot. It's an overload. It certainly is an overload. I don't know if I can handle it all. But in all seriousness, it is an exciting time uh, in the sports world. Unfortunately for us, we're Pittsburgh Pirate fans. So that's probably not the easiest uh, of seasons to go through, starting off so good and just crashed and burned. Uh, but I still love them always, forever. So that's exciting. NASCAR's been super great the last few weeks. So I guess that fills in the gap. Yeah. Hitting the nail on the head there with the Pirates. It's it's probably like being a Stuart Haas fan, to be honest with you. Um, you've got you've, You were once great. You have some great players around, but not looking good right now. Um, but but you have a good point, Trey. Um, great racing this week that leads us to to New Hampshire and just another dominant and typical Martin Truex win. What do you think about it? Yeah, he dominated. We kind of had a feeling that the Joe Gibbs guys would would kind of take off. Maybe not so much thinking the nineteen would do it. Um, he's always run well there. But that's his first win there, which is shocking. He's like second all-time or third all-time in laps led there to to just get his first win at a pretty historic track that, you know, we've gone to for so many years. Yeah, it's it's definitely a surprising stat. Yeah, I, I think, though, that Martin finally put it all together. You know, there was no late race wreck. There was no bad pit stop at the end, you know, in that, in the money stop, if you will, but maybe his teammate had some issues there in the 20. Yeah, for sure. And I think you make some compelling points there with Martin, because it just seems like when those guys are on, they're on and they end up going in victory lane, but that was not the case at all for the 20. This is two years in a row. They've had trouble this year. Bell was kind of trying to make up some, some ground late when it was, you know, kind of difficult late in the run and just ended up kind of putting it in the fence not that I think he had much of a shot at winning without a fortunate set of restarts, because I believe he was in like eighth at the time when he went into the wall and kind of ended his day. But that crew, talk about fumbling the ball. I mean, they had the best car for sure. Um, last week, my predictions had three Gibbs cars. Trey, I think you had two. Um, so we expected Toyota to be very fast. And they were around across the board. They put um, three cars in the top 10, maybe more off the top of my head. I know Truex, Hamlin, and Bell were all running in the top 10. Uh, not that Bell finished there, but um, they were they were competitive all day. But the 20 crew, man, they just fell apart. Yeah, they certainly fell apart, kind of ruined our prediction. I 
still think our prediction was a good one because the 20 was on the pole, ran up front. Even despite the issues on pit road, he uh, he battled his way up and I think just overdrove it a little bit there trying to make up too many spots at once and put himself into the fence and ruined his day. Yeah, and I think there was a point um, that he was, after a bad stop, they had to go uh, tighten a loose wheel. They, were, they went up plus 19 in like 30 laps. I mean, they were moving. They were really, and unsurprisingly, but they were on rails uh, the whole day until it, you know, it was wrecked. Uh, and kind of killed there at the end. But I tell you what, that kind of passing would not have happened at Martinsville. And they're not super comparable tracks between New Hampshire and Martinsville was uh, the, the short track I was at was not a ton of passing, not a super ton of passing at Richmond either. Um, I think a lot of people would compare New Hampshire and uh, St. Louis to be very similar tracks. But nonetheless, under the all uh, umbrella of being around a mile uh, short track-ish, the racing was good. Goodyear brought a new tire. I thought it was very racy. You saw four wide at points, especially on the restart, certainly three wide. And outside of tricks dominating and being in clean air, everybody else was fighting for position. Uh, everybody that ended up being one of the top 10 cars, they kind of had their crack at the two spot behind Martin. Um, Joey Logano was surprising to me late in the race uh, to give Martin uh, the run for it that he even did. I thought that was a total surprise. Uh, Blaney was fast, um, but Logano was a little surprising to me. And there was just several cars that were able to come and go and be in that top five. And Martin was the best car, best driver, just his day. But there was a lot of passing. And, and I, I really, really good to see it at a short track. Yeah, I think we've seen that multiple times this year. You know, the whoever won the race kind of dominated. I know we saw with Kyle Bush, Bush earlier. Martin Truex has dominated a couple races. But this year, as opposed to a lot of years, even when a driver up front dominates, there's a ton of action throughout the pack. As you said, three, four wide on restarts, uh, guys shuffling throughout the day, some surprising late runs. So I, th I thought it was super exciting, despite the fact that Martin Truex dominated as much as he did. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was very compelling. And hopefully, because um, yeah, week after next, we're at Richmond. Um, hopefully we see um, s some improvements to the short track package because I think this will all this has all been the improvement. I know that people feel like the brakes are the, a really big part and a redesign of that's going to take time. But this stuff that's a little more uh, adjustable, if you will, in the short term is if Goodyear can come up with a, a faster wearing tire compound, which will you know kind of slide things around a little bit without having to change the car too much. But I hope that that's a win for Richmond. I certainly enjoyed New Hampshire. Um, kind of regretting that that track's gone down to one date because I thought that that race was absolutely fantastic because this is three or four weeks, Trey. Um, kind of spares Chicago because that was a road course and a weird one at that. The last three oval races have been really fantastic. Yeah, Nashville, Atlanta, and now here at uh, New Hampshire. It's been great racing. I think last year we had some scares in this next-gen car that maybe it wasn't built for what they kind of intended, but I think guys are getting used to it now and we're seeing great racing, not just at the front, but throughout the entire field and some different guys moving up and down. So I think NASCAR has done a great job. Hopefully they can continue that here, get through the summer stretch and into to championship season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially people talk about NASCAR and Formula One and IndyCar 
and every sport has their own selling point to why they think they're the best. But if you want my opinion on why I think NASCAR is the best, is because that track diversity we just talked about, Nashville, Atlanta, and Loudon, the only thing in common is that they're really on the NASCAR schedule. They're all very different, especially with the repave of Atlanta now. That's three different styles of racing, three different setups, and they all put on fantastic shows. So hopefully this being year two of the next gen, this is just the beginning. And you can put it out there that this was an overall success because each car goes through, uh, through its ups and downs. But this is three straight weeks that I've been really impressed. And they've been very different tracks. And especially, I know I've mentioned before, I enjoy the short tracks. So seeing a mile-ish track put on a good show was definitely awesome. But as we move into this week, Trey, they're coming to our home state, the Keystone State, up in the Northeast. They're going to Pocono. How are we feeling about it? Yeah, heading to the Tricky Triangle. You talked briefly about NASCAR brings all kinds of different tracks to the circuit. And this one is one of the most unique ones, you know, not a road course, but a triangle. So see a whole lot of different driving, but just like uh, at New Hampshire, I think that Joe Gibbs Racing has consistently been pretty dominant there, especially our guys, Denny and Kyle, obviously Kyle no longer with JGR, but definitely two guys that have seen a ton of success there. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, I think you mentioned in our pre-race conversation, I think the math adds up to 10 wins. So double digits between those two guys. Unofficially, it might be 11. We might touch on that in a minute. Um, But one thing we wanted to talk about, we talked about just a second ago, uh, about the next gen and the successes of it. Well, I think one thing that we've seen kind of progress is we haven't seen too many head injuries uh, this season. Um, and we did want to make note of how abrupt the ending was for Kurt Busch last year. And that was just a year ago at Pocono. Um, backed into the wall coming out of, I think, turn three, uh, if you will, and depending on how you look at Pocono. Um, really... Unfortunately, I think Kurt might still be racing as much as I like uh, seeing Tyler Reddick in the 45. I think he would have been racing this year. And I also regret the fact that he didn't get a proper send off. And it's just a reminder a year later um, of how great Kurt Busch was not only during his championship Rouse years, but how big of an asset he was to the teams he was on at the end of his driving career. Yeah, I think that Kurt is one of those guys that impacted the sport maybe not so much in win totals which he had a good amount of those or championships he had one of those or but it in his ability to just make his team better no matter where he went no matter the manufacturer the owner the sponsor he won um just a guy certainly sad to see his career end in a practice at Pocono in the middle of July never want to see a guy go out that way I think I saw somebody describe it on Twitter it's the most tragic end to a career that didn't result in an on-track death. Um, and I I could pretty much, without racking through the entire history of NASCAR, I would probably agree with that, you know. Might have been his last year. I think if he doesn't get hurt, then this season looks a lot different because Tyler might still be in the eight and Kurt's brother Kyle might be without a ride. So definitely would have seen some some different aspects this year, but an extremely sad career end to an awesome career. Yeah, I would agree with that. And what's been doubly impressive, I know people had mentioned it when he was still driving, what an asset he is, because people have described him as the best driver at giving feedback. 
And I think because of his experience in the next gen car, while brief is really helping 2311 because that's a team it's, it's been surprising to see track house and 2311 being new, but 2311's racked up a few wins at this point. They are really impressive. They have speed. I think Kurt Busch is a major part of that as well as having drivers like Denny Hamlin, obviously an owner and having the Toyota backing, but man, Kurt Busch, hell of a career. And I think that was certainly worth noting um, that I think he'd still be in the 45. But while we're on the topic of last year, I know I mentioned a second ago, one, two finish, a piece of freaking scotch tape disqualifies the 11 and 18. Whether it was an aero advantage, I don't believe was determined to even be accurate, but it was an adjustment to the front fascia of the next gen car, which is the death penalty. I don't know what they, it was SMU football level penalty. NASCAR never takes away wins. So Hamlin remains tied with Jeff Gordon at six wins at Pocono. Trey, do these guys got the juice to bring it back this year? I think they're both going to be pretty motivated. Yeah, I think based on how last year ended and disqualifications, um, both Denny and Kyle are going to come with a chip on their shoulder. And Kyle, especially after last week at New Hampshire, certainly not being his brightest spot uh, on the year. I think that this is a track he dominates. I think that they're both coming back with vengeance. Yeah, I agree. And oddly, it kind of fits in to a major talking point this year, the disqualification of those two drivers we mentioned, our two drivers we've mentioned. Chase Elliott ended up winning that race. And now fast forward another year later, a ton of turmoil with the nine team. Chase Elliott fans, hands in the air. It's Rick Hendrick. They got freaking Mahindra tractors that they're driving on the track. All the good cars are going to Byron and Larson. I've heard it all on Twitter and YouTube. Um, All I can say is, Chase Elliott's in a must-win situation, but he was someone that ran third last year. I think he might also have some speed this week. Yeah, certainly a guy that's run well here at his throughout his career. But he needs a win, and I think sometimes there's one of two ways you can go when you need a win. You can push and be motivated and get that win, or you can push too hard and find yourself uh, in an early exit in the garage because you put it in the fence or blew up doing something uh, you shouldn't have been doing. So. I think that this might be one of his better opportunities to get a, a win here in the last couple of weeks before the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to do it because we've talked throughout the year about, oh, Chase will finally get it, finally get it. He hasn't brought a ton of speed week in and week out. He's had speed at some different tracks, but on a consistent basis, he has not had it. So I don't know if he'll be able to push push to the top before the playoffs start. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I feel like he would have gotten back to being fast by now is what I just keep seeming to look at. Like he even got up into the top 10 because of strategy on Sun or Monday. And he just didn't look fast when he got there. I mean, I know that there's a number of things like tire wear and, and such a play, but like I know that he's a good driver. The man's a champion. The man is a young champion at that, and he's still a young driver. And it's reasonable to assume that he'll go through ups and downs, but he just does not look himself. Um, I think the idea that the most popular driver in the sport would be getting tractors. I literally saw the word tractors referring to the cars that the nines are the nines bring to the track. I don't think that that's the case. I I don't know what the issue there there is. I don't know if they need a shakeup. I think Gustafson does a good job. 
Um, I think that anything with a Hendrick badge on it generally does a good job. And sometimes other guys are just faster. And to this point, I've not seen anything from Chase Sally that makes me feel like he's going to win. Um, I mean, we're even getting to the point on like the road courses. Like, is he even that dominant on the road courses? I feel like other drivers have caught up. So I know there's a couple road courses left before the playoffs. There's the Glen and I think another. I just don't know if he brings any speed uh, to win this weekend. So I think he's going to be pinning his hopes to maybe knocking out a win at a road course. Yeah. Um, with, with all that being said, though, it is Chase Elliott. As you alluded to, he's a NASCAR Cup Series champion, a prodigy, one of the premier drivers in the sport. So we could very easily be sitting here in a couple months talking about, is Chase Elliott going to get championship number two? So I, I would never count anything out with with the nine, with the Hendrick team. But I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And his first championship, I wouldn't have – I mean, that, that was a – what, a 20 – almost a 20-win year between Hamlin and Harvick, it felt like. I think they probably won like 14 races that year. And then he comes out of nowhere – and wins it. So um, can't count that out, but I, I'd say certainly with the way that next gen's even things being so behind right now is, is definitely difficult for chase Elliott. And I know you said it, Trey, but I'm, I'm actually going to come out and say it right now. Chase Elliott does not make the playoffs. Not that that's super because he's borderline mathematically eliminated um, point wise, but I just don't know if he brings it. I'll, I'll throw that out there. See how, see how everybody reacts to it. I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Chase Elliott, not because he doesn't win, though. He might win. There's some tracks that he's not bad at in the playoffs. But will he get in it? I'm saying no. But as far as we making other picks, Trey, your race predictions, I think we alluded to it a little bit earlier. You're Kyle Busch, man. Does he get win win number five at Pocono? Yeah, he absolutely gets win number five this weekend at Pocono. And that would be win number four in the eight uh, for Richard Childress this year. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's been fast. For the last, you know, seven or eight weeks, minus last week. So I, I think he finds himself in victory lane. Yeah. Well, funny you should mention it. I'm gonna go with Denny Hamlin. I think he breaks his tie with Jeff Gordon. He gets his rightful seventh slash eighth win at Pocono. Um, they won the poll last year. This is one of his best tracks. I expect them to win another time this year. It's hard to tell if it's gonna be here in the Southern five hundred. That's my pick. It's one of the two. I think it happens this week at Pocono, and they get win number two. As far as my top three or five, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch because he's also another dominant driver there. And if you kind of run through the numbers on where Randall Burnett was fast last year, they've also been fast this year. Tyler Reddick, I believe, ran fourth. It's hard to remember because of the way that the DQ worked, but they were fast. So I think that Kyle Busch will also be up front. And then I'm going to pick Tyler Reddick because he ran well last year. And the Toyotas have a good reputation at Pocono. Yeah, I got to stick with, you know, obviously Kyle Busch getting to victory lane, but stick with Denny Hamlin finishing in the top five and Kevin Harvick joining them in the top five. I think he's had an up and down year. This is a track that veterans seem to just run well at. I think it provides a little bit of a challenge. So I I think that the three of the sports most premier drivers uh, find themselves in the top five this weekend. Yeah, I think those are all good picks. Uh, Kevin Harvick was definitely a name that came to mind. Um, I can think of actually that Chase Elliott championship season. Funny that came up twice. Um, 
the doubleheader, that was a doubleheader weekend. Harvick and Hamlin split it and they both dueled each other the last like 20 laps. And it was just an arrow game about who was leading. Um, Kevin Harvick's good there. It is certainly attractive plays of the veterans. I like the Kevin Harvick pick. I think he might even win. Um, as far as a long shot, I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez. Ran top 10 there last year. Odds aren't super long. It's plus 2,800. But I think that he's also in a uh, spot that uh, they need to maybe win to be in the playoffs. So um, maybe a maybe a, a strategy call or something falls their way. I like Daniel Suarez as my long shot. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a guy that we've picked pretty consistently to be our long shot, but that's Ty Gibbs. I don't know the exact odds, but he's bound to win one this year. This is a track just like New Hampshire that the Toyotas always run well at. This was the track that I believe he made his Cup Series debut. I believe he filled in for Kurt last year. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him in victory lane, given the odds that I would think he has. I'm going to think he's probably plus 2,000, plus 3,000. Yeah, he, he's up there. I, I forget the same same thing. I forget the number. But he, he's obviously long. He's a rookie. Not too many rookies win. I don't think we've had one since the legendary Cole Custer uh, in my head. Um, so it's just difficult for rookies to win, but Toyota always brings a fast car. He's seen this track before, and he's impressed me this season. I like Ty Gibbs. For sure. So we'll see how our Pocono picks stack up as we go. The rest of the season, the standings are currently 14 to 5, Trey. If you're keeping up, we've just been sparring back and forth, each tagging one. This week, it's Brad for Trey and Truex. I did not, unfortunately, pick him to win. That would have been nice. Add another five points to the total, but I just get one from Truex. So the score, as we sit right now, is 14 to 5, Trey. Um. I think with that, though, we're going to kind of head towards our questions, kind of wrap up episode nine here. And this is a really good question here. It's kind of a three-parter, if you will, Trey. It said, if you could pick your team number and sponsor, what three would you pick? Well, that's a good question. So the first thing that jumps out to me is the number. So my name is, I go by Trey. It's not my real name, but I go by Trey, which means three. So I'm going to have to pick number three. It's the number I wore Uh kind of halfway through my baseball career. Um, but yeah, so three, probably going to have to go with the iconic interstate batteries. And for the team, so driving the three interstate battery car, let's go with uh, the king for, for I guess, Petty Motorsports uh, before they've changed everything. But yeah, for Petty. Yeah, I, I can dig that. It's kind of funny. You get really goofy with it because you start thinking of the numbers like, like, I don't know, like off the top of my head, like 24 is a Hendrick number, right? But like, right. imagine a three for Petty would be sweet. Right, exactly. Um, hmm. Torn between eight and nine. I'm going to go, I'm going to go nine. Um, That was my, my high school number. So I'll go with nine driving for Joe Gibbs racing. Oh, big fan of the coach. And it's tough to go. Hmm. I want to drive the Kodak car. I think that thing looks sweet. A nine Kodak car for Joe Gibbs Racing. That's my that's my combo. I love it. Just that I yellow. That, I yeah, love I think, that. I think that would look pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. I think, or it would look goofy as hell. But I don't know. Second question, Trey, and this is our last question. Over under one and a half wins for SHR the rest of the season. I think it's a good question because we are always ripping on Stuart Haas racing. And I'm going to continue to rip on them and take the under there. 
actually slam the under there. I think maybe they get a win. Maybe Kevin Har- Harvick gets a win. The other three guys won't get a win. They just haven't had it this year. Um, but someone like Kevin Harvick, I think, gets one in his last year. So I'm going to set the under, and the total will be exactly one win. Yeah, I I want to agree with you. But, like, over, I could see Harvick winning twice. But it might as well <laughs> might as well be, do you see Kevin Harvick winning more than once? Because Stuart Haas has been terrible. I mean, there's another Daytona and another Talladega race, I guess, that they could maybe show up at. And, I mean, Almirola, you know, he's a dual master. We were giving out wins for duels, man. Bring bring a uh, bring Almirola to the track. Him in a him in a Roush car. They'll be up front. But um, I'm gonna have to also say under. I think it's it's maybe one win. Um, there's a few places that Harvick has run well. It could be even be this weekend at Pocono. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's run well almost everywhere. But I think he, I hope he wins honestly in his last year. Um, so I'm gonna go under as well. One win right on the nose. I hope everybody enjoyed listening. Uh, episode number nine for you, Chase Elliott fans. Hopefully that's some luck to you. Kind of voodoo, manifest some things. I don't know what you need, but you need victory lane to get into the playoffs at this point. I don't think it happens. But be sure to check us out on Twitter at Talking Stock Pod, as you always do. We appreciate to know where you guys are rooting from and who you're rooting for. Use the hashtag Talking Stock to get in touch with us. Our DMs are always open. And as always, enjoy the upcoming race at Pocono. Mm-hmm.